You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Jody Miller Young, and today we're talking with Leland Sang, a talented artist who creates custom needle felted portraits and sculptures of our pets. They're absolutely beautiful, and we'll meet Leland and learn more about what she does right after the short message from our sponsor. We'll be right back after a short pause. Your dog loves going for a walk, but what do you do when the weather just won't cooperate? Your canine companion shouldn't have to come home cold, wet, and uncomfortable. Zippy Dynamics has created a chic, revolutionary, and functional suit that covers your best friend from head to toe. Our apparel is stylish and remarkably protective against all weather. You and your dog deserve the best, and Zippy Dynamics is here to provide. Visit ZippyDynamics.com now and receive free shipping on all orders for a limited time. Zippy Dynamics, clothing of a different breed. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Jody Miller Young, and today I'm with Leland Sang of Furry Memories, her company making these beautiful custom needle felted portraits of our pets. Hi, Leland. Hi, Jody. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, doing really, really well. We're both talking before the interview about how it's a little chilly up in Massachusetts where you are, and already you're starting to think about layers in the house because the house is a little chilly too. That's right. It's it's kind of on a coda side today. Yeah, yeah. I am a warm weather girl, so give me some sunshine and some temperatures in the 80s or 90s and I'm a happy girl. But let's talk pet portraits because yours are pieces of art. And they're also an instant memory of a beloved pet. Explain to us what you do so listeners can understand. I do custom needle felted pet portraits and sculptures from pets' own hair or wool fibers. Um, I usually create the portraits from photographs clients provide, unless it's possible for me to meet with the pets in person and take uh, take photographs of them myself. Interesting. So tell us about the process. Let's say I want a, um, a sculpture of uh-huh. Sophie, one of my dogs. Okay. So I would reach out to you and I would email you a portrait of Sophie? Yes, that's a good way to start. The, usually the process, the first thing I do is I listen to the pet parent. This is the mm-hmm. first step. I listen mm-hmm. to them and I get to know the subject through the descriptions and stories from the parents. So this is a very important state uh, because this is how I capture the spirit of the pet. Oh, that's and lovely. Then, yeah. And then after that, then I would, you know, request for the images and then get specific details such as the eye, the nose colors, the coat markings and the colors of the fur and other necessary information related to the portrait. 
Beautiful. You actually say on your website that the end result of a collaboration with a pet parent is not just an object, but the cumulative bodies of knowledge, skills, labor, experiments, and emotions. Explain that a little bit more. The only way I could capture the spirit of the pet is through the parent's input, like I just told you. And it has to involve emotions for me to emulate in the portrait. I can give you an example on the current piece I'm working on. Great. This piece is going to be a gift to the client's daughter. And it was the daughter's dog who, who passed away recently. Ah. Uh, the daughter went through some crisis in life, and the dog has been a great comfort and companion to help her through the difficult time. According to the client, the dog's eyes were the most expressive part about him. The client only had three photos for me to work from, and she wanted me to create an image of the dog sticking his head out of the car window. So there are several things I have to figure out in order to achieve the look the client wants. The shadow box I use for the portrait is about one inch deep. How do I create a three-dimensional dog image that looks realistic with one inch of depth? How do I achieve the look of the expressive eyes? So it's the artistic challenge. Yeah, there are several challenges here. And another hard part is how to build a car that looks like a car in a one-inch deep shadow box. Right. So I have to be knowledgeable enough to collect the materials needed, and I have to be skillful enough to construct the detail. And with some experiments and time and labor, I will get the job done. Yes. Yes, because you actually have a portrait of a cat exploding out of a newspaper, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that looks two-dimensional. Yeah. So you can achieve it, but I understand now it is a complicated process sometimes to achieve the vision of the customer. And that's a lovely example because it's very meaningful to her and to obviously to her daughter. So, uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, you really are an artist. You are doing everything from this amazing felted needlework to sculpting, woodworking, mechanical engineering, costume designing, and painting. Tell us how creating these pet pieces came about. I have been doing mixed-media figurative sculptures for 14 years. What is that? And what is mixed-media figurative sculpture work? Okay, well, that means I use whatever materials I can get my hands on, and then I put them together and to create figurative sculptures. I love it because it's very challenging. I love the challenge. And let me just tell you a little bit the process, how I created these sculptures. Okay. So first I have to uh, sculpt the head, the arms, and legs, and then I make silicone molds from them and cast them in resin, Build the bodies with wire armatures. I needle sculpt the shape of the body. I make wigs, shoes, costumes, and sometimes I use wood to build automata to give them some mechanical movement. Amazing. Yeah. And in the summer of 2013, at Salmon Falls Gallery in Shelburne Falls, Massachusetts, I built a village of little people in my own solo show to showcase my creations. Wow. Yeah. So, but that had nothing to do with selfie. Okay. <laughs> except, except that one of the sculptures, it's a little imp, and it had a doggy companion. 
And that was Impy and Bobo, I, yeah. right? Yeah. So this is how I started doing felted animals. This show actually got me started doing it. So this little doggy companion was inspired by my rescue dog, CJ, short for Captain Jack, because he looks like a pirate dog. So using <laughs> the dog hair, I had collected from CJ's daily brushing, I needle felted a replica of him. And cool. I used a little replica in the show. So during the show, I received a lot of inquiries about the felted dog. And people started asking me if I take commission, you know, if I do custom needle felted portraits. of Right, for them. Yes, yes. So I said, sure, you know, why not? So I started doing it. And the rest is history. That is so cool. So cool, Leland. Um, actually, listeners can see the Impy and Bobo piece on the Bark and Swagger page of the Pet Life Radio site, so you know what we're talking about. And it is very, very cool. A little aside, because you talked about CJ, how did CJ come into your life? He's a terrier mix, right? Yeah. CJ actually was rescued by Houston Shaggy Dog Rescue. Um, it's a non-profit rescue organization, and he was rescued one hour before he was scheduled to be euthanized. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I found him online through the Cheese Society of Connecticut. They posted this, you know, some pictures of dogs looking for a forever home, and it's love at first sight. I look at the picture, and, and I just fell in You love knew. Yeah, and he had to be transported from Texas to New England by rescue road trip. It's a pet transport service. And he was estimated to be about four years old when I adopted him. A super cute dog with loads of personality. I just cannot imagine why he was abandoned. Yeah, well, there are so many stories like that. It's heartbreaking. Yes. And how long ago was this? How long have you had CJ? Uh, 2011, so... He's about seven years old now. Nice. Very nice. Well, we are going to take a short commercial break. But when we come back, we will learn about the faraway country where Leland grew up and was inspired by animals and more about her process and the materials she uses to achieve her amazing pieces. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back. Right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Dogs leave fur wherever they go. It collects all over the home. There are many tools designed to stop dog hair spreading, but their effectiveness varies, and afterwards you have to clean the tool, then the floor. With the Dyson Groom Tool, you simply deploy the bristles, then gently brush the coat. Loose fur is removed, while dead skin and allergens are captured by the vacuum. And to clean up, you simply release the trigger. To get this awesome Dyson Groom Tool, go to DysonDeals.com. That's DysonDeals.com. Calling all pet product manufacturers and pet experts. Let the public relations and marketing professionals at Whitegate PR get you featured in the news. I'm Dana Humphrey at Whitegate PR, and we have been specializing in pet product PR for over 10 years and can get your brand featured in the media, from TV to radio to print to blogs. You can find out more at www.whitegatepr.com. 
Hi, this is T.O.D. Anderson, and I'm the host of Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. We're going to talk about a variety of topics on canine behavior and training, all based on modern methods that are fun for you and your dog. We might be talking about other critters, too. So join us on Get Positive Results. We'll talk about common issues between you and your dog, answer your questions, discuss different activities you can do with your dog, and keep you posted on current canine news and products. All this on Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Jody Miller Young, and we're talking with Leland Tsang of Furry Memories. Leland, you grew up in Taipei, Taiwan, with a house full of animals of all different species, an interest of your father's, really. Tell us about your early days with animals and their inspiration for your art. Growing up in Taipei, well, we always had animals in the house. My father, he went through several short-term passions for different kinds of pets. He started with raising pigeons and then cockatiels, tropical fish, peacocks, rabbits. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And we always had cats and dogs around. Father loved the idea of having pets, but his enthusiasm died down soon after he got tired of the responsibility of caring for them. Which is great, which is great. (laughs) There's a lot to do with many pets, including dogs. Yeah, and then he got tired of doing all the jobs, so my mother was the one who ended up, you know, taking care of all the pets. Right. And in my memory, mom, she spent a lot of time cleaning in and around the house. She failed to see the joy of having these animals, and she really resented the endless daily chores that left her with no time of her own. Yeah. Since our mother did all the hard work, we children got the full benefit of playing and interacting with our pets with little responsibility. You did all the fun stuff. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But we learned to recognize and and appreciate the special bond between our animals and ourselves at a very young age, which was Mm. great. And stepping into adulthood, we continue to value the companionship of our animals. And we also learned that they give us their unconditional love and bring joy to our lives. They also count on us to take care of them. Exactly. And that bond that you got to experience and grow with, you know, from a young child, it's very apparent in your artwork with the portraits and sculptures of our pets. Because as you said earlier, you really look to find that emotional connection, that emotional bond that pet parents have with their pets and show that through the work that you do, and that's absolutely lovely. And I love doing pet portraits, really, because my love for animals fused with my passion for art. This is the perfect combination to channel my creative energy in doing custom pet portraits. Absolutely. love doing it. Absolutely. And I uncovered a couple of fun facts for our listeners that's tied into your process. You actually have to give your dogs, now there's Hugo, the standard poodle, and CJ, who we just talked about. You have to give them haircuts so you can create your art, right? Yes. (laughs) Actually, that's how I started making pet portraits, using my own dog's hair. So, yeah, my standard poodle, uh, Hugo, he is also rescued by the same rescue organization. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so I got both of them from the same place. Is Hugo gray-colored? Is the portrait of him, the gray poodle, is that Hugo or is that a client? That's Hugo, yeah. He is beautiful. Well, thank you. 
actually, his hair is perfect for felting. It's just like wool. Yeah, poodle hair. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But now you- on the other hand, though, the terrier, the hair is hard to felt because CJ is a wire hair terrier. Yes. And his hair is very coarse and very stiff. So yeah, but for instances it. like that, you mix these gorgeously colored wool fibers yeah. with the actual pet hair that you use instead of paint in certain places of your, your art, right? That's right. Tell yes. us about that. Well, actually, in order to achieve the realistic look of the pet, getting the color right is very important. There's a picture of it on, on the page so people can see. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, so basically, I um, prefer natural color wool fibers, and I usually I get them from local farms, and there are plenty of them in this area. But sometimes I can't find the right color for the pet, then I would have to drive about an hour into the nearest felting supply store for fibers. Ah. And if I don't find the right color, I sometimes have to dye the wool myself. Yeah. Okay. Because it's so important to get the color right in order to get the right look of the pet. And they're so vibrant, really, really vibrant colors that you've you've either sourced or created. They're absolutely beautiful. The background, I have to mention that they are wonderful woven fabric that I use for the background. I'm very lucky that I have a good friend who has a Scandinavian furniture store, and I have been getting upholstery fabric from them. And they oh. Work, yeah, they work great for the backdrop of the, the portrait. Very convenient. Yeah, there's a beautiful one behind Hugo's. So how long does it take you to create a piece, typically? Mm, well, every piece has its unique entity, and there's no set formula to gauge the time it would take to complete a piece. To achieve the look I like in a portrait, I sometimes have to make and remake and fail and learn. So it's really hard to say, but and sometimes I have to walk away for a day or two in mm. order to look at the work in progress more objectively. So if I were ordering a piece from you, what's the window that you generally give people in case listeners are interested in having this done of their pet? Well, um, I think it's fair to say that it would probably take between about two and three weeks to create a piece. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. And also so listeners understand, you know, what's involved... What's sort of a cost range of having a portrait or a standalone sculpture of our pets created? What's the cost? Okay, um, since the needle felting is a very labor-intense process, I mostly do smaller-scale portraits. So the price for a standalone sculpture is 245 and for a 5 by 7 portrait wall art is 295 and Three forty-five for an eight by ten wall hanging, and mm-hmm. the wall hanging portrait is framed in a shadow box before I ship. Wonderful. That to me seems reasonable because, again, this is collecting a piece of unusual art as well as a memory. So it's um, yeah, it, it seems reasonable to me. What is the most, if you can think of it, sort of involved piece that you've ever created? Any memories of something that really took some extra special research and experimentation and planning? And Yes. It, every piece is unique. So it, it's really hard to for me to pick one particular piece that is the most uncommon or unusual. Like, I don't know if you saw the picture of Penny, the Sheltie. 
Yes, I actually saw I saw Penny before and after. I saw Penny as a you know big tuft of fur in a jar. <laughs> yes, so Penny passed away about uh, about a few years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Her human mom saved the hair she collected from daily brushing um, when Penny was alive. Ah, I see. And the hair collected was mostly the undercoat, so the color was very light and. Nothing like the different shades of brown of Penny's uh, top coat. I had to use the undercoat as the base layer for the portrait, and then added different color wool fibers on top to get the right markings. Very so, um, interesting. Yeah, every piece has a story to tell. And it, of it, course, it, of course. Yeah. Do you find that many of your customers for the portraits are people who have lost a pet? A beloved pet and want mm. to memorialize them in some Not way? Not necessarily. Um, I just finished a piece and the dog passed away and uh, the owner didn't get to save the hair, but he provided me a lot of photographs um, to work from. And the dog lived to be 16 years old and uh, right before the dog passed away, they actually gave him a party. The entire town gave him a party, I mean, the Sweet 16 party. And the whole event made the headline of the news the next day. And, and, and That's I lovely. Do, yeah. And I also do a portrait of a Labrador retriever. It was a cream-colored Labrador. And the dog is still very active and alive. And luckily that the owner and the dog lived not too far from me, so I was able to visit the dog and uh, photograph the dog and do a portrait of him. That's great because that probably makes for the best circumstance so that you can actually have a real hands-on connection with the dog. And it really helped it to get the exact color right, I mean, to get the color right because um, sometimes like uh, a customer email me and said, oh, the dog passed away and um, the color was brown. It was very hard because from the photographs, different photographs shows different shade of brown. It depends on the light when the photograph was taken. Of course, we all yeah. experience so that with anything. Brown, yeah. Actually, I need more information. What shade of brown? What kind of yes. brown the dog it was? The dog, you know. So it would be nice for me to to see the dog, and I can bring my fibers with me to match and to see, you know, exactly what shade of brown it is. Exactly. So let me ask you a question. This is a pet fashion show. Has anybody ever asked you to create a portrait of a dog actually wearing a favorite piece of dog fashion? I have been waiting for that. And you I have? I haven't to do it yet, but I Maybe I'll be the first. <laughs> oh, yes, I would love to do that. Uh, that would be I great. I think that would be a I, lot I actually, of fun. I thought about that. Yes, yes, that would be great. That's great. Well, to me, and you had brought this up earlier about the woman who was getting um, a portrait for her daughter's pet who passed away as a gift to her daughter. This is a great gift to get ourselves or a special friend or a loved one. So it's definitely something to think about. It's unusual. Nobody else is going to get you something like this. And it's something that you can have forever. Where can listeners go to learn more about what you do and order one of these amazing pieces from you? Well, they can visit my website at furrymemories.com for ordering. Or they can email me at info at furrymemories.com for more information. And, you know, Twitter. <laughs> they can follow me on Twitter or like me on Facebook, you know, 
And I both are furry memories, Twitter and yeah. Facebook handles. And it's F U R R Y M E M O R I E S, furrymemories.com. Yeah. That's great. I am so sorry to say that we're out of time, Leland. I've had such a wonderful time talking with you. Thank you for being on the show. Are there any exhibits or anything coming up that listeners can, you know, be on the lookout for? Right now, I do have a, a group show going on, but it has nothing to do with stealthed animals. It okay. It's figurative sculpture. So it also and is that is, locally in Massachusetts? Is it yeah, something people can check out it's online? Local. It's local. Salmon Falls Gallery. Okay. All right, great. Well, thank you again, Leland. It's been great learning more about you and what you do. And thank you for doing this show. Yeah, thank you. And listeners, thank you all for listening. And thank you to our producer, Mark Winter, who makes us sound so darn good. My passion is fashion. So tune in next time to discover the designers, styles, and home decor I love. And don't forget to visit me at BarkAndSwagger.com, where you'll find great fashion stories and more. So until next time, when fierce fashion calls, Bark and Swagger. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.